Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lift it up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. If you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. We're still pounding through this wonderful psalm, Psalm 119, the longest psalm in the Bible, and taking it piece by piece, bite by bite, processing and digesting it, and moving on to the next bite. And now we find our way to Psalm 113. 19, starting at verse 113. We've got about seven more messages left as we progress to this psalm. Several more sections left. All of them talking about the Word of God and speaking about this psalmist who is isolated and alone and under affliction and under persecution. And how does he survive? He survives by putting his hope in God through the promises of God's Word. Notice with me in Psalm 119, Psalm 119 starting at verse 113. Psalm 119 and 113, the Bible says, I hate vain thoughts, but thy love, or but thy law do I love. Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. Depart from me, ye evildoers, for I will keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me according to thy word, that I might live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Hold thou me up, and I shall be safe, and I will have respect unto thy statutes continually. Thou hast trodden down all of them that err from thy statutes, for their deceit is falsehood. Thou puttest away all the wicked of the earth like dross. Therefore I love thy testimonies. My flesh trembleth for fear of thee, and I am afraid of thy judgments. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a very powerful phrase that we find in Psalm 119? Psalm 119 and 114, notice the end phrase, I hope in thy word. I hope in thy word. The word hope is a very important word. Now, oftentimes, we use the word in a wishful or wistful type thing. That I hope it stays warm. I hope it doesn't snow. I hope that the sun shines. And we say that almost in a wishful type way. In a way that, well, you know, I don't really know if it's going to happen or not. But the way that the Bible uses the word hope is that hope is a confident expectation of something or someone sure to come. It is something we have confidence in. It's something that we put our faith in. The word hope and faith are often interchangeable. That means we're putting our confidence, our hope in it. You know, there's one thing that we need, and that is hope. People could live a little while without water. They could live a little while without food. But you cannot survive long without hope. As we deal with people in our world that have uh, mental health crisis, that a lot of them get to the place where they lose hope. 
They don't have anything that they could grab a hold of. They don't have anything that they could put their trust and their faith in. Everything seems to have let them down. You cannot survive long without hope. Here the psalmist recognizes where he gets his hope from. God's word is my hope. I hope in thy word. Notice in verse 13 as we cover this idea. It says, I hate vain thoughts. I hate vain thoughts. The phrase here, vain thoughts, carries the idea of double-mindedness. Double-mindedness. And so a double-mindedness is where they can't make a decision. They don't put their hope and confidence in one thing. They're trying to keep their options open. And so whichever one ends up being my savior, that's what I'm putting my hope in. The word double-minded, you could see within... Um, the story of Elijah on Mount Carmel. Remember that Ahab and Jezebel have been the king and queen and they've outlawed serving God. They've been killing people who have been um, preachers of God's word. And that they had 450 prophets of Baal and they had 400 prophets for... Um, <coughs> for Jezebel herself. And so as Elijah had prayed that it would not rain for three and a half years and he hid away, God provided for Elijah. After three and a half years, they brought Elijah back and God told him to go to Ahab. And when he went to Ahab, he said, tell all of your preachers to meet me at Mount Carmel and all of Israel. And Ahab obeyed. He brought all of the prophets and he brought... Um, <coughs> excuse me, and he brought all of the people and Elijah allowed the false prophets to start off, that they were going to have a God off, that they had two altars and they said, all right, you 450, why don't you pray for your God and the God who rains down fire wins, you go first. And he gave them all day and the false prophets couldn't do anything. Finally, Elijah stands before them and he stands before the people, not addressing Ahab, not addressing the false prophets, but he addresses the people and he says, how long halt ye between two opinions? If God be God, serve him. If Baal be God, serve him. Joshua goes and does the same thing. He says, listen, Choose ye this day whom you will serve, whether it be the God of our fathers or the gods on the other side of the flood, meaning back in Egypt. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This idea all throughout the Bible, you see this idea. How long halt ye between two opinions? This double-mindedness. There needs to be a single-mindedness. My trust is in God. My hope is in who God is. My hope comes from God's word which tells me about God. That this double-mindedness is something that plagues us all the time. He says here, I hate vain thoughts. I hate double-minded thoughts. I hate the idea of not choosing one thing or the other. People need to come to a decision. So often people will kind of ride things along and then finally choose whenever it seems like whoever's winning. Well, you know, if it seems like God is uh, finally going to meet my needs and bless, then I'll throw in with him. But the Bible says that if we're going to have true hope, especially in days of persecution, in the days when everything's going on, you have to make a decision to follow after him. It is amazing to watch people struggle in church all the time. That 
preacher, things are going wrong and they're falling apart and they're whatever else. And they've never made a decision to follow after God. Well, I'll show up to church if I feel like it. If things are good, if the sky is clear, if I wake up feeling good. And they have this double-mindedness that, well, I'll do it if it's convenient. I'll do it if it's a thing. And they struggle all the time. Well, I know I should serve God, but... And that double-mindedness is a killer. And you'll never have a steady hope as long as you're double-minded. There needs to be a decision made that says, now listen, I'm going to follow God and I'm going all in. I'm putting everything in Him. He says, I hate vain thoughts, double-minded thoughts, but thy law do I love. Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. The psalmist, as he's going through, he's given this illustration that, that the battle is like a seesaw. Trusting God, not trusting God. Trusting God, not trusting God. And he says, my divided thinking has just will cause me where I don't trust God's word. But when I trust God's word, everything um, everything settles. Notice he uses the word hate and love. These are two opposites here. There's no use, <clears throat> excuse me, there's no use of hate and vain double thoughts if it's not replaced with the love of God's word. Again, it's part of making that choice. He says, Thou art my hiding place and my shield. We all need a hiding place when danger comes. The psalmist learned that the best place to hide was in God's word. When the enemies are close and the hiding place becomes immediate, the person in danger doesn't need a hiding place. When the enemy is right next to you, you need a shield. The word of God is a great... um, a great help when danger is there. So here he's made a decision. And now that he's made his decision, I love God's word. It's become where he needs his safety net, his hiding place. It's where he goes when everything's falling apart. With that double-mindedness, you don't have anywhere to go. You don't have anywhere to cling to. You're defenseless. But now he's made a decision and he's got a place to go. He's got a place to hide. And then when danger is really close, he has a shield to protect him. And it's his word. Because of that, the hope that he has is now real. The first line of defense for the psalmist is God. And the last line of defense for the psalmist is God. His hope, faith, and confident expectation is that God is going to keep his word. He hopes in God. Which now comes to a second idea here. Let me not be ashamed of my hope. Let me not be ashamed of my hope. The psalmist was aware of how important it was to keep his hope firm and secure. He realized that in order not to violate that great hope, he would have to keep himself separate. The psalmist declares in verse 115, Depart from me, ye evildoers, for I will keep the commandments of the Lord. He says, I'm going to put some distance between those that would uh, persuade us to do evil And for me, I'm putting them far away. That if I'm going to put my hope, if I'm going to choose God, I have to keep those people away from me. Depart from me. I'm committed to keep my word and being tempted 
to do evil would make keeping God's word difficult to do. That's part of that single-mindedness, that decision that he makes. I'm going to put my hope in God's word. I'm putting my trust and confidence. I'm doing a single-mindedness. And in order to do that, I have to stay away from evildoers. I have to stay away from those people that are going to cause me not to love God's word, to cause me to not do what is right, not to trust in him. He goes on in verse number 16. Uphold me according to thy word, that I may live. And let me not be ashamed of my hope. As the psalmist becomes separated, he now can say God's word is what gave him his hope. He staked everything that God's word is faithful. And if God's word failed, his hope would be in vain. And he'd end up being looking foolish in a watching world. But he says, because my hope in God is real, one of the things that I could trust in is that I will not be ashamed. What does that mean? What does that look like? Well, when someone says, I'm all in and I'm trusting God, and I'm going to depend on God's word, I'm going to trust in him, that when you're all said and done, you're not going to go up and say, man, that was a waste of time to trust God's word. It was a waste of time to trust God. That won't be said. He said, I won't be ashamed that I went to church. It was not wasted time to read my Bible. It was not wasted time to pray. I'm not sorry that I tried to live for the Lord. Aren't you glad that we have that assurance that this isn't wasted time? There are plenty of things that we do that we think is a great idea at the time. Then we look back and go, wow, that was a waste. Mess that up. Man, I could have done something better with, with my time, with my finances, with everything. I wasted that and I'm, I'm sorry that I did. You'll never be sorry for trusting God. You'll never say, man, I wish I never read my Bible so much. It was just, it was just too much. That's not going to be said. Some of you heard me give this illustration of Dr. Lee Robertson. Uh, Dr. Lee Robertson was a great giant of the faith. He was used to start Tennessee Temple schools, trained thousands of preachers and missionaries for the ministry. He encouraged so many preachers throughout his uh, ministry. And towards the end of his life, as he was actually coming, <coughs> coming back um, from his wife's funeral, if I remember the story right, uh, Pastor Clarence Sexton was driving him and Dr. Lee Robertson was looking out the window and just being very quiet. So Pastor Sexton said, what are you thinking about? And Dr. Robertson said, as I look back in my life, I should have read my Bible more. I should have prayed more. And I should have trusted God for more. Pastor Sexton said, well, wait, wait a second. You've done so many things. Look at all the people that you encourage. Look at all the things. And Dr. Lee Robertson said, hush, enough of that. I should have read my Bible more. I should have prayed more. And I should have trusted God for more. It's powerful coming from a 90-year-old man who influenced so many people, influenced an entire generation or two of people, people that are still serving the Lord now because of his influence, to go back and said, you know what I should have done? I should have read my Bible more. I should have prayed more. I should have trusted God for more. You know what he's saying? He said, I'm not ashamed for what I did. I'm ashamed that I didn't trust God for even more. I'm not ashamed I read my Bible. I'm ashamed that I didn't read my Bible more. 
I'm not ashamed that I prayed. I'm ashamed that I didn't pray more. Think of that. The psalmist here says, I will not be ashamed of the hope that I have. He said specifically, let me not be ashamed of my hope. What's his hope in? He says, I hope in thy word. When we make a decision to follow after God and we go all in, let me tell you, it is not wasted time. The time that you read your Bible is not wasted time. The time that you prayed is not wasted time. The time you showed up to church services was not wasted time. There are plenty of things we can waste our time on. There are plenty of things that we can be ashamed of. But trusting God's word and following after it is not one of them. I'm so thankful that the trope that we have in Christ is real. And that God's word never fails. And he never has to be ashamed about trusting in God's word. Which now brings us to one last thing. Keep me safe in my hope. Keep me safe in my hope. He said God's word's my hope. And let me not be ashamed in my hope. But he said also keep me safe in my hope. Notice with me in 117. Hold thou me up, and I shall be safe, and I will have respect unto thy statutes continually. The psalmist's world had plenty of enemies, and life wasn't easy. He survived his life by putting his hope and faith in the Lord. He asked God to hold him up, knowing that the psalmist would be safe if he would just hold him up. That's the prayer, hold thou me up. Hold me up and I will be safe. That's all I need. Verse number 118. Thou hast trodden down all them that err from thy statutes. For their deceit is falsehood. And the psalmist observes that over time. That everyone that erred from keeping God's word. Were end up trodden down. That carries the idea of walking over. To set to not. To set aside. And so the psalmist observed this, that those that didn't trust God, those that didn't trust in God's promises, eventually they're going to be set aside. For a Christian who wants to be pleasing to God, there's nothing more horrible than to be set aside. To put to the place where you're not usable. Jesus talks about this, that salt that has lost its seasoning is good for nothing, but to be cast aside. Put aside to be trodden under. What a horrible idea. Anyone who is truly born again and loves the Lord wants to be used. There's nothing worse in a Christian's life than to be set aside and to say you are useless. You're not a help. You're not profitable. You're a hindrance. We're putting you out of the way so you don't do any more harm. What a horrible place to be at. The psalmist had observed that those who went away from God's word are set aside. Paul said this was a great fear of his. He said, I got to keep trying to follow off God lest I be shipwrecked. He says, that was my big fear to be put on the shelf, to be shipwrecked, to be after all this time to say, okay, well, you're done. You just sit over there and be quiet. He says, I don't want that. He says, that's my big fear is to be useless inside of the world I live in now. 
Well, how do you keep from being useless? Stay with God's word. Hope in God's word. You know, as long as you are following God's word, God wants to use you. I'm thankful there's no retirement age in God's work. Praise the Lord. That as long as you are following God's word, God can use you. But as soon as you set yourself aside, you're in danger of being shipwrecked. As soon as you stop following God's word, as soon as you say, well, I'm not reading my Bible. Well, then you're useless. Well, I'm just not praying anymore. Well, you're useless. Well, I'm just not going to be faithful to church. I'll just show up when I feel like it. You're useless. Man, that's a horrible idea. That God says you're useless. Can't use you. You're not helpful. You're a hindrance. Again, that was Paul's biggest fear. The apostle Paul. That he would be shipwrecked. He would cast aside. Put up on the shelf. He says I want to be used of God. Well I'm thankful that as long as we stay with God's word. We can be useful. We can be useful. Notice verse 119. Psalm 119, 119. Thou puttest away all the wicked of the earth like dross. Therefore, I love thy testimonies. He says, I'm watching you as you scrape off the dross. Now remember that metals heat at different temperatures. And so if you're going to take something like gold, because gold is a softer metal and it heats up at a lower temperature than other metals, that what would happen is that as the gold would melt, the rest of the metals would not melt and they would separate from the liquid gold while they're still in a solid state. They would rise to the top and all of these would be impurities and they would call them the dross. And what would happen is that as the gold melts and goes to the bottom, the impurities rise to the top. What would happen is that the dross would be scraped aside so that way the metal would be in its pure form. The psalmist is saying, what happens is that those that are set aside, you put away all the wicked on the earth like dross. You're just going to scrape them off. Pass them aside. He says, I'm glad I love God's word. Because I don't want to be scraped aside. I know what's going to happen to them. I know what's going to happen to the wicked. I know what's going to happen to them. That they may look successful now, but it's not always going to be. They're going to be scraped off. Verse 120. My flesh trembleth for fear of thee. I am afraid of thy judgments. Watching what happened to others brought a great fear to the psalmist's heart. He says, God keeps his word. When people went up against the Lord, God kept his word. When people depended upon God's promises, God kept his word. God's judgment and justice brought a holy awe. There's a great safety in keeping God's word. The psalmist, as he's observing, he says, listen, God keeps his word. He says that he'll punish the wicked, and he does. He blesses the righteous, and he does. He keeps the righteous safe, and he does. He says, I watch God keep his word each and every time. There's always people that think they're the exceptions. There is no exceptions. You don't want to live for the Lord? There's consequences. You want to live for the Lord? Well, there's good consequences. He says, God keeps his word. So with that, when you notice that God keeps his word over and over and over, there should be something to it where we have a fear. Say, listen, I got, know God keeps his word. I'm going to do what's right to keep God's word, to keep following after him. My hope is in his word because God keeps his word. 
So that brings us to this idea, this application. What do you put your hope in? What do you put your hope in? Well, how can you tell what you put your hope in? What do you do when you have a bad day? Where do you go? Some people go to the bottle. Some people go to entertainment. Some people go to family. But if our hope is in God's word, when we have a bad day, we should go to his word. By the way, if you're not in the habit of reading God's word, you're not going to go to God's word when you're having an emergency. If you're not in the habit of praying to God, then you won't pray to God when there's an emergency. Not right away. Maybe eventually when you give up and nothing else works. What do you put your hope in? Do you believe that God keeps his word? All of it? Well, if you do, there's certain things you should be afraid to do. I'd be afraid not to show up to church if I was able to go to church. Am I afraid that lightning is going to strike down? No. It's not the idea that I'm afraid I'm going to get in a car accident if, if, if I miss a Sunday night service. But there's a great fear that God will keep his word and that there's consequences. But there's that hope in there that, listen, I could trust in God's word. I don't want to miss out on the hope. I don't want to miss out on God's blessings. I don't want to miss out on the safety that there is trusting God. To trust in God's word. What do you put your hope in? What do you go for for comfort? Where do you go for a bad day? That carries the idea of what you put your trust in. Where do you go? Tornadoes coming over. Do your mind go, whatsoever time I'm afraid I will trust in thee? Do you start quoting scripture? Or do you start panicking about everything else? What do you put your hope in? I'm so thankful that those that trust in God's word will not be ashamed. God made a promise. It's not wasted time and it's not wasted effort. We can trust in him. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920-530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.